0: If you listen carefully, you might hear the roar of lions quietly fading into silence. Under normal circumstances, Daniel would have been torn to pieces by the ferocious beasts. But these were not normal circumstances. O king, live forever! My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions, Daniel said with glee after a full night in the lion's den. Have you ever been thrown into the lion's den? It might be a den of mistreatment or false accusation or gossip. Fear not, the Lord will protect you. He will tame the king of beasts. I'm Ron Jones. Something Good starts right now.
1: God will tame the beast. But first, you might need to calm the beast in you. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian, thanks for tuning in. Well, fear and anxiety can often overtake us like a beast. And when they do, they can swallow up our faith. Today, in the conclusion of his teaching series, Standing Strong, Ron highlights the faith of Daniel, and encourages us to demonstrate that kind of faith when we find ourselves inside the proverbial lion's den. Online, check out the newly designed website at somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the podcast on your schedule or sign up for the podcast. And now from Daniel chapter six, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Inside the Lion's Den.
0: Well, if you can't investigate somebody and come up with some fault by which to charge them, then create some legislation that backs him into a corner and go flatter the king a little bit as they did. And, and they, they have the king, they bring a piece of legislation to the king and have him sign it. You now Darius loved to be flattered and it was a law that could not be revoked. You ever heard of the law of the Medes and the Persians? Well, it comes from this, a law that was put in place that could not be revoked. It had the king's stamp of approval on it. The legislation passed. Now look at verse 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went into his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Daniel was not only a man of excellent attitude and untarnished integrity, but here we see his fearless piety. Daniel was a practicing Jew. He, he worshiped the one true God of Israel, not the pagan gods of Babylon or the pagan gods now of the Medo-Persian Empire. Daniel stayed true to his God. He was a godly man in a godless culture. And here we have a little insight into his daily practice, his spiritual disciplines, uh, his his fearless piety. He, He could have heard about the legislation and the signing of the document and just cowered in fear, closed up his windows, and just prayed in secret so that nobody would see him. But that's not the way Daniel prayed. Let's examine a little bit of his prayer life. I think it's instructive for us today, and there are three things that we learn about Daniel's prayer life. First of all, he had a place to pray. Do you see that? It says that he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He never lost sight of the holy city of God. He never lost sight of his uh, spiritual heritage that he, he grew up in. His parents must have done a great job raising him because even as a young teenager, I mean, Daniel was strong in his faith and we've learned about that all throughout the first half of the book of Daniel. But he had a place to pray. By the way, do you have a place to pray? Now, the New Testament talks about praying without ceasing and that means you can pray at any time, anywhere. Uh, the, the idea is to have constant Communion and communication with God. That means you can have your hands on the steering wheel and you're driving down the road, eyes wide open, of course, and you're talking to God, all right? You're having a conversation with Him. You pray without ceasing. You can be walking into a meeting, business people, into an appointment, and you just toss up one of those, you know, quick arrow prayers. You're constantly, you're praying without ceasing. But Daniel also had a place, that he went to, a quiet place, a room in his house in the upper chamber where he could open up the windows and face Jerusalem and align his heart in a Godward direction. You know, Jesus told us to find a place to pray. He says, go into your closet, go into your closet. Don't be like the hypocrites who are praying for display out in the public squares. Go into your closet, he says and your Father who sees you in private will reward you uh, in, in an open place. Do you have a place to pray? Find a place to pray. I, I understand the pray without ceasing thing, but I found that the, the practice and of, of spiritual disciplines and finding a place to pray and to meet with God is very important. Also notice his posture. He says he got down on his knees, down on his knees. You know, postures sometimes matter. It helps to align the heart. Now, you can pray standing up. You can pray with your hands folded and your heads bowed and your eyes closed. You can pray with your hands out and your face lifted up into heaven and your eyes wide open. But you can also pray on your knees. You can also pray prostrate, laying out on your face. We see all these different postures of prayer in the Bible. It's one thing to posture when you pray, that's what Jesus warned us against. Don't be like the hypocrites who who posture when they pray, but your posture really does matter. It sometimes aligns our heart. So when you find a place to pray, go to a place where nobody's gonna interrupt you and where you can get down on your knees before God and pray and then notice his persistence. It says he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. This was his practice. Three times a day. Prayed in the morning, prayed at noon, prayed at night. You know, in the Muslim world, they pray five times a day. I'll suggest to you they pray to the wrong God, but you got to respect their piety and their practice there. Five times a day they get down on their prayer mats. Uh, What about us Christians? Is prayer the kind of priority that when the threats, the accusations come against us, when the threat of the lion's den, you know, threatens our, our, our peace and makes us anxious, have you been practicing the discipline of fearless piety? Daniel just slipped into his normal practice and uh, it, 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 it was just what he did. It's just what he did. It's why he handled the situation so well. I know some people, they only pray when there's a crisis. Uh, That helps, but pray when there's not a crisis. Make it your personal practice so that when the crisis comes, you you just slip right into that that practice there. Well, let's read on, uh, beginning in uh, verse 11. It says, Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. They got him now, Right? He's in violation of the legislation. And they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? Always beware somebody who comes and questions you like that. And they're trying to trap you maybe into an answer says, the king answered and said, the thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed." Uh, Darius was bothered by by the legislation he had signed and what was going to happen now to uh, this excellent man named Daniel. Verse 16, then the king commanded and Daniel was brought and cast into the lion's den. I want you to think about this. Nebuchadnezzar had a fiery furnace. That's how he dealt with his enemies. (laughs) Darius had a lion's den. I mean, both of these guys were just ruthless kings and leaders. Verse 20, as he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lion's den? I love this, verse 21. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, Daniel was not only a man of excellent attitude and untarnished integrity and fearless piety but here there's record of his bold faith
1: still ahead the second half of today's something good radio message with dr ron jones if you're new to the program we have a special gift to share with you simply visit somethinggoodradio.org click the i'm new button and download a free chapter from Ron's most popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife. It's our way of saying, welcome to the Something Good Radio family. Again, that's somethinggoodradio.org. And remember, Something Good exists only through the faithful prayers and financial support of friends like you. When you send a special gift today, we'll say thank you with a gift of our own. The complete audio download of the series you're hearing now, Standing Strong. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. And now here's Ron with the rest of today's message, Inside the Lion's Den.
0: Bold faith. You have that kind of faith? the kind of faith that when things don't seem to be going your way and the legislation, you know, is against you in some way and, you know, the, 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 the posse that is formed against you seems to be winning the day, you literally get tossed into the lion's den. Daniel had the kind of faith as if to say, I don't know what the end result's going to be here, but I trust God to take care of me and the God of heaven shut the mouths of lions because of Daniel's faith. Never underestimate the power of faith. Jesus says if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. It's not the size of your faith, it's the object of your faith that matters. You can have faith in faith, you can have faith in yourself, or you can have faith in the one true God, the God of the Bible with whom nothing is impossible." That was the kind of faith Daniel had. Faith in yourself or faith in faith, no, that, that's nothing, right? You'll always disappoint yourself, and what is faith in faith? Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the fourth man in the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego learned, and the dance Daniel is learning as well. Hold your place here in Daniel chapter 6 and go with me to Hebrews chapter 11 real quickly. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the Great Hall of Faith, and the writer of Hebrews lists and names a whole bunch of people in the Bible who were great heroes of the faith, examples for us to follow. Um, and he mentions uh, uh, the story of Cain and Abel, he mentions Noah, he mentions Enoch, Abraham, Uh, even Jacob and uh, Sarah and uh, Joseph, he mentions Moses, I mean, all these great names and great heroes of the faith. And then he gets to the end here and he says, verse 32, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of, and he names some others, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets. You know, he just runs out of time here, runs out of editorial space and he just kind of lumps them all in there. He says, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises. Ah, here it is. Stop the mouths of lions. It was was Daniel's faith. This is the power of faith, bold, courageous faith. It stopped the mouths of lions. Just stop and think about that for a moment. What sort of lion's den are you facing right now? What sort of impossibility? Have you you resolved yourself to, no, it's just over, it's just done, my marriage is over, my business is gonna fail, Uh, the kids are never gonna come back again. No, the God of the Bible has the ability to stop the mouths of lions when they're about to devour you. And this is why Daniel, Daniel's just, he's worthy of following, follow me as I follow Christ, as I follow Christ all the way into the lion's den with my excellent attitude, my untarnished integrity, my fearless piety, and my bold and courageous faith. That's an example, friends, worth following. Those are the kinds of superheroes we need today. That's why we say, dare to be a Daniel. Dare to be a Daniel. One last thing and then I'm done. I heard somebody say just this morning that the world in which we live in is kind of like a lion's den. And that's good theology, and let me tell you why. Because the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8, Peter says, Be sober, be watchful, be on the alert. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We live in a lion's den, friend. And you and I have an adversary. We have a foe. You say, oh, no, everybody likes me. Now I can tell you somebody who despises you. He's a fallen angel who was originally named Lucifer. We know him as Satan, the devil. The wicked one, Beelzebub. He's got a long list of diabolical names. And he is our adversary. That means he has you and me in his crosshairs. He has your marriage in his crosshairs. He has your family. He has your kids. He has your future. He has your dreams. He has your business. He has your reputation as a follower of Jesus Christ right in his crosshairs. And if we understand the Scriptures correctly, when Satan tried to usurp the authority of God, Lucifer, a created being, fell from heaven and the Bible says swept one-third of the holy angels with him. He has a massive army. They're highly organized. They operate in what the Bible calls the heavenly realms. Six times in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he talks about the heavenly realms. The sixth time in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness in the heavenly realms. What is the heavenly realms? Well, we know about heaven. We know about earth. We don't think much about the heavenly realms. Think of it as the seam between heaven and earth. It's the place of spiritual conflict. It's the unseen realm of uh, conflict and spiritual war that is constantly taking place. We get a glimpse of it in Daniel chapter 10, strap on your seat belts. But you and I have an adversary, a devil who prowls about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You don't need to fear the devil, but you do need to respect him, and here's why you don't need to fear him. Because Jesus, who is called the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, in the book of Revelation, just prior to his second coming, he's also called the Lion of Judah. Can somebody say amen? Amen. That's good news. And the Bible also tells us that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, friends. You don't have to fear the devil, but you need to be aware of him, you need to understand his schemes and his strategies, you need to put on the full armor of God, but you need to know that if you get tossed into the lion's den, and we are in a lion's den called this fallen world, where the devil who prowls about like a lion is daily, persistently, uh, without Any rest and hesitation going after you and me, but all you have to say is, I belong to Jesus. I belong to the Lion of Judah, and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's how you escape the lion's den. Until you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ through the cross of Christ, you are a lion's lunch, and then some. But as soon as you come humbly on your knees to the cross of Christ, and begin following Christ as Paul and David and Moses and Peter and John and millions of others since Bible days have done and even Daniel until you follow Christ and when you follow Christ nothing can defeat you oh he can intimidate us with his roar but he ain't got nothing on us because the Lion of Judah has rescued us. Thanks
1: so much for being here with us for today's teaching inside the lion's den and Rod, over the past couple of weeks, you've given us a recipe for standing strong in a godless culture. Let's shift away from Daniel in Babylon and talk about how we as Christians in America can take a stand for Christ at a time when our nation seems to be
0: moving closer and closer to full blown depravity. You're absolutely right, Brian. You know, for decades, America has been moving away from its original values. As the saying goes, it happens slowly at first, then all at once. Now, I know many of us feel like we need to get out there and do something about it, and there's a time and a place for that. But let me suggest that we start with prayer. The Bible tells us to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. It also tells us that when we, as God's people, fall on our knees and confess our own sin and humble ourselves and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, then God will heal our land. So to me, step number one is this. If you want to take a stand, start from your knees. Start with prayer. And then the second thing I would say is that rather than going out there into the world and uh, making intellectual or moral or even theological arguments against, for example, abortion or same-sex marriage or against any number of other cultural matters, let us start with simply sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, that he loves all people and that he died for their sins as well as ours. I'm certainly not opposed to tackling the issues of our day head-on, We need to take up the cause of the unborn. We need to take up the cause of the sanctity of marriage between one man and one woman for one lifetime. But we need to pray first, and we need to share the gospel. And when we do that, we can then engage the world on these other issues. And when we do, it needs to look like how Jesus did it, or how Daniel did it, or how so many others in the Bible did. I honestly believe God's Word teaches us to pray first, share the gospel second, and only then, when we do have occasion to engage the world on these cultural issues, be gracious and merciful and loving. Let them see Jesus in us, because only Jesus has the power to change a heart. And it's only through changed hearts that we can see changes in public policy or in human behavior.
1: That's Dr. Ron Jones with some final thoughts from his series, Standing Strong. Ron, before we go, tell our listeners about your next series, Mysteries of Babylon,
0: which starts tomorrow. Well, Brian, we'll be staying in Daniel for the next couple of weeks, but we're going to be shifting from the biographical to the prophetic. The book of Daniel is one of the most fascinating books of prophecy in all the Bible. Some of what uh, he prophesied has already come to pass, but much of it hasn't. And that's going to be our focus over uh, this next series as we move into the second half of the book of Daniel. And we've titled this series, Mysteries of Babylon, How the Prophecies of Daniel Prepare Us for the Return of Jesus Christ. Here's something to think about before we get started. God has never been wrong about anything in prophetic scripture. Hundreds of prophecies have already been fulfilled exactly as he described them. And that means we can have great confidence that the prophecies yet to be fulfilled will eventually happen. We're going to explore uh, some of these in this upcoming series, and I can't wait to get
1: started. Neither can I, Ron, and it all starts tomorrow in Dr. Ron Jones' message, What God Knows About Future World History. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis, thanks for listening.